And we're live. Different Breed Podcast, Episode 5. I'm here with my boy, Danny Beelitz. High school state champion coach over at St. Mary in Rutherford. Um, really good friends. We, you know, we've, had a, uh, we've been playing with each other for... Jeez, I mean... We're getting old now. What, Just, t- 10 years we've been playing? Oh That's in one, some form or fashion, we've been playing for like 10 years. So, you know, we, we met on the uh, you know American Legion team. I wasn't a fan of you because you played for St. Mary and I played for Lindhurst and I didn't have anyone to throw with that day. I remember that. And I got lucky. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I remember we went to, we had some wars with St. Mary back in the day, man. And I remember, I feel like I was always on the losing end of that. I think exchange. so. I think we were three zero against you back in the day. I think so, bro. I think so. You guys had a squad. You guys had some 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 ballers, but uh. Yeah, you know, Danny won the state championship back in uh back in twenty nineteen, right? Twenty nineteen it was? Correct. Against Gloucester Catholic? That's right. Number uh, were they eleven or twelve in the state? Something crazy. I don't state. know. It was it was wild. I remember you have this epic picture of you just running out and <laughs> jumping on the dog pile. It was the it was the greatest. Uh, you, it, it, you know, you said what is it that you say? You say everyone should get to experience that. Yep. Everyone yeah. should everyone in whatever it is you do, if you're an accountant, if you're an architect, if you're you should be able to experience that at some point in your life. Everybody should have the moment like that that baseball brings to people like me and you. Whether yeah. you're a teacher, you're like an accountant, you're a doctor Everybody should have something in your life that experiences that kind of moment because it's unbelievable. It really is. It's unbelievable. Yeah, man. I, I over everything, you know, the, the state winning state was the one thing that I wanted probably more than anything, and always fell short. Always fell short. Came close. Always fell short. But uh, man, that that's that's dope. I I, you know, hopefully at the college level win win a conference and region and hopefully a World Series one day. But. Yeah, man, that uh, that ring you got, pretty uh, pretty nice. Should have bought it tonight. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> I should have bought it out. She's been locked up for a while. I haven't looked at her in a little bit. Oh man! All right, before we get into it, different breed podcast. Uh, last episode, episode four, was with John Peabody, um, one of the top hitting minds in all of you know baseball. This guy's an absolute genius. If you haven't listened, go check it out. If you're not into the podcast. Go on to Different Breed Training on YouTube, and uh, I've broken the podcast down into different, you know, a couple different clips, you know, three to five, six minute clips of, uh, you know, of getting into it and, you know, some of the, the big topics that, you know, really surround baseball at the moment. So, uh, like I said, if you're not into the podcast, go check out the, the YouTube channel and, and go give them a look. They're a little bit shorter. I think we record for like an hour and... I mean, we've recorded for like an hour and a half probably, but um, we kind of trimmed it down to like an hour, I think, you know, but by the time I was done, kind of, but by the time we started, we were talking for like 30 minutes before we even started, so um, go check it out and, and let's get into it. I want to get into recruiting, right? This is like the biggest thing, you know, kids are concerned. We have, we have Corona, we have... Am I wearing my Corona shirt? I might be wearing my Corona shirt, by the way. Oh, no. I might be wearing the Corona shirt. It's either uh, Corona. (laughs) Corona season. That's amazing. 
That's not it was the corona it. season. That's what it was. Real quick, hold on. Before we get into the corona season, got a bunch of gear up. New different breed drop, different breed, you know, training drop. We got the Corona season shirt. We got the I'm immune shirt. We got we we got shirts for days. Short sleeve hoodie. We got the red different breed training hoodie. We got the black. We have the baseball tees. Uh, three quarter sleeves. We have arm sleeves. Got the whole thing. You gotta get me an arm sleeve. I gotta hook you up with an arm sleeve. I don't need to hook you up with an arm sleeve. I need the player's arm sleeve. What do you? You throw that much BP that you need an arm sleeve for the men. If you want different breed training gear, my good friend Renee Orfis, she makes all of my stuff, and you know she's really great at what she does. I'll I'll comment or I'll tag the the link to to go buy the stuff on, but. Regardless, like I said, I want to get into into recruiting. The uh, this, this whole Corona thing, you got kids that are terrified of not playing. They're terrified of you know they're losing a year. They're gaining a year. You got you, th- we're in the craziest spot we've ever been in. Correct. And especially for a high school coach now, because now college is a little bit different. You have Four, you have four years in both, but in college you get a redshirt year, right? High school you don't get a redshirt year. Um, they might, I, th- I thought they made a rule or something like that where like if you're a senior or a junior, you can play in your whatever. Yeah, it was, but it was up in the air. I don't know if it ever passed, but there was something like that. There was something was for in the works. Last year's juniors and sophomores, it was... Uh, now, maybe somebody out here watches can, can confirm this, but I think it was... If you were a junior or sophomore last year's Corona season that you missed out on, mm-hmm. you would be able to attend your community college. I don't know if it's local or community college. Junior college yeah. You had to pass with 12 credits. Going to college, right? Like, like you would for a regular season at Burning Community when you coach there? Mm-hmm. Or when we played there, I should say. Um, 12, what is it, 12 credits, two, 3.0 or 2.0? Yeah, maintain 2.5 somewhere. You have to maintain the, the college GPA which you would have to have to play in college. And then you would be able to play on your high school team in the spring. Strange. Different, but, you know. Real different. It's, it's different. Which kind of, I, I guess before we get into the recruiting, they, we would kind of be doing it justice before we spoke about the experience with the, you know, last year's season. You got, we, we totally missed, I, I remember, at least for me, I was down in Myrtle Beach. We were nine games in. And, uh, I remember that. Man, we... The, the talent that we had on this on this team. We started off slow, but I'm not one to, like, you know, talk about these kids because, for one, I think my team was the best. We made it to the Final Four. I thought we were great, but I really think that this team was the best team that Bergen has feel, has put on the field in, in, uh, since I've been associated with the school. So we were down at Myrtle Beach, and we're playing, and just before the game had started, I'm talking to Coach Mims, and he, he comes up to me. He's like, that's it. We're done. I was like, you talk? What do you mean we're done? He's like, that's it. He's like, they just canceled it. Region 19's done. That's it. He's like, I guess I'm, you know, I'm going to go and we're going to wait till they call. Let's try to get the game in. So we didn't even think we were going to be able to play that night. But then the Ripken experience had wound up having like a weird thing where, you know, like they were their own separate entity and we were able to finish. So we finished the game and then the next day we went to the field and like the game got canceled and then we had to go home. So. <clears throat> It was it was a whole weird thing, but for you, at the high school level, it's a little bit 
different with those kids, right? Because now you're dealing with, you know, kids that are trying to get recruited for school. They're trying to, you know, they're banking on that senior year to get a recruit, to, to get a recruitment or something like that. So what what was your situation like? <clears throat> I, I would say actually with, with, with you coaching at Bergen, we were probably, our players were almost in a similar situation mm-hmm. where, you know, you have freshmen and sophomores who are playing for their next school. Maybe, yeah. you know, a place to continue their education, somewhere they wanted to pursue a degree or, or a chance to play baseball, where now that... And same goes with my guys, my seniors, juniors, not uh, maybe sophomores. You know, they're young, right? So maybe not so much sophomores in high school, but obviously Bergen is different. Um, now that they lost their season, and now they don't know what the next step is, right? Like, so if you're committed, say, to any college, and now you're waiting to hear your future almost waits on the NCAA or whatever you, level you're playing at, whether if they're going to cancel that year cancel that season, who's going to come back, is that coach leaving? So now you're just st- stuck almost in this weird spot where you don't know what's going to happen next, right? Like my seniors could have been recruited to so-and-so's college, but maybe those eight, se- those four second basemen he's going to play, now they all come back, and they're all coming back. One's not transferring, right, it's his last year, or maybe this kid's not leaving, or they're getting somebody else who couldn't afford this school, or this and that. So it was really, I, I really did feel bad for the kids because especially guys of our of our um, eligibility status, I guess you would say, where guys looking to continue their careers, where they weren't going to have that chance, right? Like maybe, you know, my seniors in high school maybe or some of your sophomores may have been already committed, but still, you know, in that waiting game of what's going to happen next. But then there comes where maybe your freshmen, my juniors, where, you know, they're talking about, okay, no spring, then now you're waiting. Now they're talking about no summer. So now you're talking about kids who are trying to get recruited with no spring, no summer, potentially no fall, that's their whole, mm-hmm. almost a year of their life, baseball-wise, to try and continue their dream of playing college baseball, completely gone. Which, you know, uh, we were able to have a little bit of last dance and a little bit, you know, they were all pretty much to continue the summer, pretty norm, almost on a normal aspect. And then the fall, I think, was kind of the same as the summer, maybe a little changes mm-hmm. here and there. But, <clears throat> but still, but now that you find out that some of these schools are granting eligibility and you're able to transfer without eligibility, there's all these things that came out, so... These kids are stuck in a really hard hole, and, and when we talk about recruiting is now, I think it's important to find a spot where somebody really is interested in you, right? Somewhere where you really got to find that fit, because now, you know, I went to a couple of different schools where, you know, maybe you go to a school and you say, all right, this isn't working out for me, I'm going to move, mm-hmm. but now you're going to go to so-and-so school, and you're not, you're going to move, but there's going to be... Seven seniors now, six soft, six juniors, five sophomores, whatever it is. That's almost, there could be eight, nine guys just at your position for backed up years. <clears throat> so now when we talk about these guys, whether they're, you know, especially you at Bloomfield now where you could have kids coming in. I don't know what your roster situation is like, recruiting situation is like, but you could have kids coming in who maybe, you know, hey, I'm going to compete for second base. Well, now there's two shortstops and a second baseman back. Or now and my guys are looking at the high school level where, you know, maybe I'm looking, maybe I want to go to that school, but maybe, you know, wow, they had, you know, they had a guy coming in last year. They had three second basemen come back. Now I'm going to have to compete against five guys. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to go there. Now I think it's important for kids of, of, in these high school years to really buckle down and, and, and find something that, you know, fits you all together as a whole. If, if your goal is to play mm-hmm. baseball in college and, and hopefully have a successful career, I think it's important to really buckle down and find something that fits you personality academic and baseball wise because it's going to be very hard to continue your career these next at least for these next few years until we return to 
some sort of, of roster baseball normality. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. The, <clears throat> I, I mean, even just at Burton, we had, we had uh, two kids that I can, I'm not, you know, I'll say their names. It was uh, Mikey Cass, who got absolutely shafted by his school that he committed to with scholarship money. And they just That's shrunk thing. They just they just stopped talking. Could you imagine like committing and saying like, "Hey, I'm ready to go," and then you just stop talking to the kid? It's unbelievable. Like right there, like you lose notoriety as a program. Like that is crazy to me that that would happen. Same thing with you know my, you know my situation. It was the same same exact thing. And then like it was that same exact school that had committed another kid from our team that did the same thing. They won't talk to him. It's it's incredible. And it's like, now we're fighting because now these kids, where it almost works to their advantage, they, they miss, they don't, it's almost like they get two redshirt years, you know what I'm saying? Like, they get the corona redshirt, and they get a year back, so now there's some kids that are going to a JUCO, like Mikey Casper, or, you know, let's say Brian Villar, for example, right? He's a pitcher at Bergen, and he played, uh, uh, he actually bounced around, so maybe he's not the best example, but... You have kids that go to, let's say they, they commit D1, right? And then they don't like it. They transfer, they go JUCO in hopes of maybe going back to a better D1 or, you know, maybe a school that fits them better. They go, now they get this Corona year. So now they basically get two redshirts. They can, you know, they're in a great position to basically get recruited in the short amount of time that we had last year, which was exactly what happened. Like Mikey Cass is a kid who went and he got recruited, uh, you know, fairly early because he's a pretty big name out of high school. Gets recruited fairly early, right? And then he goes this year, gets canceled. Now he can go and spend three whole years instead of two at his at his four year. You know what I'm saying? Like three years as to two. Like as come come from a guy and you too. You know who played two years at JUCO. You know, man, I I wish I had three years at at the four year. I had a lot of fun at Burton. Like don't get me wrong, but man, if you're talking about having you know, a year and a half at your JUCO and then getting to spend three years with the guys that you're going to finish your career with, that's huge, bro. And now I think I even read, I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I read this correctly, is that if you attend the JUCO this year, it doesn't count your eligibility status at NCAA or NAIA. So if you play, for instance, if you play at Bergen Community this year and you transfer to Montclair State, it doesn't count your eligibility. Yeah. Which so, is dangerous. That's a dangerous game. It's because... a very dangerous game. That's, exa- that's I thought you were going positive with that, which it is a po- it can be a positive thing, right? We don't know if it's positive, but there's a lot of there's a lot of, you know, silver lining to that. And I I had the situation with one of our players from Bergen. I'm not gonna say his name, but same exact situation where, you know, yeah, you may get that retro year back, but what if you're a kid who transferred from however many schools, like me, right? I, I went to uh, I went to Wesley College in Delaware, then I transferred to NJCU, and then I transferred to Bergen. If you're one of those guys, which we've had plenty of them at the JUCO level, now you're dealing with, you know, yeah, they're going to give you the year back of eligibility, or are they going to give you the semesters back, right? Because now you're talking, you only have 10 full-time semesters to play. You only have, you have if you're going to go Division One. You have to be 60% towards graduating college. What if you're, you know, are they going to waive that? Are they going to waive all these restrictions or are they just going to give you the year back? Because if they just give you the year back and you're a kid who's trans bounced around, you know, like, you know, are they giving you the semesters back? Because that's the most important thing, right? You can give the year back, right? You can give the, the athletic on the field year back to some of these kids and it may help 
kids that have, you know, done it right, right out of high school and, you know, kind of committed and jumped right into the school. But for some of these, some, some guys that it, like, you know, kind of bouncing all over the place and, you know, trying to find their fit, you know, they need those years. They need those two semesters for the Corona to get their maximum eligibility for four years of playing. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Like, I think eventually, like, this stuff is... I understand, like, you feel bad for the players, but eventually there's got to be a fine line where this is what it is. Like, unfortunately, you may lose a year. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, we, we can't keep, you know, coddling everybody up and saying this is what... You're, you're, it'll be okay. Because eventually it's not. Mm-hmm. Right? Because... Say, you know, the issue I have with the, with the junior college giving, not counting your spring year at junior college and, and not counting towards your NCAA eligibility is who's to say that somebody's going to recruit you now, mm-hmm. right? Most of the time, like, if, if I'm a, um, you know, NCAA head coach, right, you're going to go to the JUCO for impact player, somebody who's going to help me right away, right, exactly. right? Whether it's a year or two years, might be a guy, right? Who is somebody going to go to a junior college and take a guy for three years after a freshman he's recruited? And then where do you put that kid? Does that become a, a, a use of a, I'm like, listen, you're a pitcher. I'm going to use you. You're gone. See ya. I'll get rid of you now. Yeah, because then that kid stays in a loophole of where am I going to go next? Yeah, yeah. Here's my next year. My next year. Is this school going to want me back for a third year? Mm-hmm. I'm, at this point, do I want to go back for a third year? Yeah. You know, are they going to take my money away for a third year? And then at one point where these schools are going to have such big rosters where do junior college recruiting maybe not go? Where do, remember, you know, like, like you could have a good team, but maybe there's two kids that get recruited, not seven. Yeah. Maybe those roster spots, roster spots start to get trimmed because are you going to want a 23, 23-year-old guy for three years or are you going to take the 18-year-old freshman who you could develop for four years? Mm-hmm. It's, it's dangerous. I think eventually there's got to come to a point and say, listen, this is what it is. Like, we're sorry – here it is. Like, this is what's going to happen. Here's life. But I was just, one of my guys that just came home for winter break is telling me that all of this, like, upper, almost, almost all the upperclassmen from his school, he's at the Division One level, almost all the upperclassmen and, like, some of the lowerclassmen, or underclassmen, whatever they are, um, they, they just cleaned house. They, yeah. cleaned, they, they said, see ya. They said, you know, that's also another thing you could look at it that they're, way. They're preparing for these kids to leave, and they're bringing the kids into, and then yeah. they say, "Listen, like we're gonna ride with our guys who were here for, you know, four potentially five years, maybe depending on what happens in spring, you know." But uh, but that's another way you could, yeah, it's another way you could look at it for the JUCO way, where maybe it's a coach who says, "You know what, I want to win now." Yeah, yeah. So if you're a senior or junior and you're not that good, I'll go get the guy who's played for two years at community and I'll have him for three years and if he wants to keep playing he can keep playing for me so there is going to be a both sides of every you know a both sides of every spectrum depending on how you want to run your program and depending who your coach is but mm-hmm. I still think it's dangerous one way or the other because either way somebody's going to suffer yeah, which yeah, I mean sure. you know there's no perfect way of doing it but you know it's almost that's where like the college baseball players you're saying where they're cleaning house where you're a senior may already compete for first base but he's going to say see ya yeah, I got a yeah. sophomore who went 315 over at so and so's community college with eight homers, and he's gonna come here and play for three years, and I don't care. Crazy times, dude. It's crazy. It's, I feel bad. I, it's I, wild. I do. It's messed up. It's like I. I that's why. I, that's why I was saying. I think it's important to really find that fit yeah. and somebody you could really, a coach that you could really trust that says, yeah, yeah, you know, which is like it. it I'll give uh, I'll give Coach Watson. I actually have two things to say on him, but 
I, I give him a lot of credit because he may lose out on guys because he's so brutally honest with them. Like he, he'll go and talk to somebody who's a who's a two way guy. He's a he's you know a, a left handed arm and he's also an outfielder, right? He'll straight up tell him, you know, like listen, my outfield, I have Javel, I have you know, I have Dre, I have, uh, I have the I have a full outfield. You're not gonna play outfield for me. You're gonna come and you're gonna pitch, and he may lose guys. Just because of how brutally honest he is, but man, like, could you? Ima- I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but I, I don't know, I, I don't know if I've ever experienced like the brutal honesty of the recruiting process. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you take that honesty over, over that honesty and the, and trust over, you know, kind of just being fed all this other stuff. Anyway, yeah. at least at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, you'll look back and be like, hey, listen, like that guy, that guy was honest with me, but. On a on a lighter note, another thing that another great point that uh, Coach Watson brought up was, uh, you know, for all you know, we're all this is a baseball podcast. If there's any sport that's going to play, it's going to be baseball, at least at the college level. And the reason is because I think some, I I think obviously some football squads got canceled, right? College yeah, some college football because it was you know still fairly early. Some basketball squads got. Canceled. I think I'm not positive Bloomfield got canceled, but I'm pretty sure they got they got banged. It will be an absolute nightmare if they have to give two coronas, Corona red shirts for baseball because you got to think this whole yeah. thing happened in the spring. So these kids already have a uh, one Corona red shirt. If they have to go through now, like they're catching up, like the football is getting their Corona red shirt and the basketball is getting their Corona red shirt. If any sport's gonna play, it's gonna be baseball. Yeah, absolutely. because they they need to kind of we need to start getting getting this back on track and and uh, and you know it could be played to a, a moderately safe level. If we're being honest, it's as it's the most safe sport that you're gonna get. Correct. I mean, you're playing outside for one. You have your own bat, your own you gloves. Your own bat, your your own gloves. Especially now, you know, you you got everybody's you got geared out. It's all individual. It, it, I don't want to say it's it's not obviously not an individual sport, but it's. It is. It's, you're spread apart. You're you got ninety feet between you and home plate. If you're playing, it is you know individual sport. It can, be. yeah. It it is. You know, it's it's uh, it's I, crazy. The whole thing's wild. I want to touch back on what you said about um, Coach Watson being brutally honest. Something that I had a uh, was talking to Coach Bagley or Chris Bagley, the guy I work with at Locked In mm-hmm. on Saturday. He he gave me some really good advice. He was talking about recruiting, and he's a guy who spent. I think it was 20-something-plus years as a recruiting recruiting guy, assistant coach at, I think it was uh, three Division One schools. Division One, whatever, 20-plus years in Division One baseball. I want you to hold this off for a second. Go ahead. Second, because this is, this is important. And before you get in, like I said, hold that thought. Uh, locked in baseball. I have heard nothing but great things about this travel program, right? My, my This is my buddy Danny. We've known each other for 10 years now at this point. You know what I'm saying? He's... The hardest critic you can you're ever going to come across when it comes to baseball. He's going to tell you how it is. Ten times out of ten, there's no BS when it comes to this kid, and he cannot speak highly enough about locked in baseball. So I want to give a huge shout out to uh, to Coach Bagley, yeah, Coach yeah, Bagley, and, and all the guy, all the coaches over at Locked in Baseball. It's a travel program. They're doing a great thing over there. And, uh, you know, they're putting a great product out in the field and, and they're really running their program the right way. You know, this, this is, if this is not, you know, your typical travel team money grab, this is, these guys have college experience. They have all Americans coaching. They have, they have some legit guys 
that are looking to develop players to, you know, re, you know, play past the age of, you know, 13, 14 years old. You know, they're looking at, they're looking to get players to love the game of baseball. And that's an awesome thing. But continue what you were saying with that. Yeah, no, they're great, man. I'm very fortunate. They asked me to, to uh, be a part of their program yeah. back in the summer. And I was lucky to coach their 13-year-old team. And, and they keep me a lot involved. And, and I've learned a lot, even these last p- past six months. With You know, there's four... Four or five coaches up there, all professional experience, Division One coaching experience, high school, you know, from the everything from the top. It's real, I've learned a lot even in these past few months. Yeah, that's great. And uh, going off your point with Coach Watson was, the brutally honest. I was talking to Chris Bagley, who I've seen spent twenty plus years as a uh, NCAA Division One assistant coach. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we were talking about recruiting the other day, and something he said to me was, was his big pitch to kids was, when he brought a kid on a visit, right? That you know, if I'm bringing here, I want you. Mm-hmm. Right, like I'm not bringing you here for chits and giggles, right? Like he's he said uh, he would make a list of you know if I wanted seven guys, these are my seven guys, right? Like and this is who I want. If I bought you here, I wanted you. And he told me, which I thought was really something cool, because I, I eventually want to coach college. You know, you're into college now, part of it. And when he told me that, it really stood out to me was that he said when I bought a kid on a visit, I'd hope we'd find the kid who didn't like me. And I said, and I asked him, I said, why? Well, you know, why would you want somebody who didn't like you? He said. Because that kid will give the honest opinion. And he said, that will be... So when you see me, you'll find the kid who doesn't like me. You know what you're going to get when you step on foot on campus. So there's no surprises. That's great. And I thought I was... I was completely taken back. I thought it was... Uh, I thought it was great. Somebody was trying to learn, you know, what... He's been successful at all Division One, you know, Division One level for multiple programs. And to learn from him that, some, you know, a recruiting tip or a recruiting mm-hmm. process, something like that. And I said, wow. I said, that's great. Yeah. I said, no wonder that, you know, he was successful where he was because he got the guys he wanted and the guys who weren't going to fit his program didn't come. That's huge. Yeah, yeah I thought that was amazing. That, that, that's really good, yeah. No, that's some that's some really good stuff. And, you know, kind of, it just, like, I, like you said, it just ties into everything that we're talking about. And that's a great point, you know, just trying to find someone, you know, finding a coach that's just honest with you and, and man, I you know, I never even thought about that. I did. I never even thought about that. I never thought about it. You would think you'd want the kid that doesn't like the head coach because you know that that guy's going to give you give it to the you. guy who doesn't like me because then there's no surprises. He could say you you know, Coach Fitz sucks. Then the kids would say, oh why? Wow. Yeah, I I thought it was unbelievable, man. I have something I'll never forget. That's really great. Leapfrogging off of, you know, being that we're getting into recruiting. I think the biggest worry, and you touched on it a little bit before, but the biggest worry for a lot of these kids is, you know, with the whole corona thing, how do I get exposure? How how do how am I supposed to go play college ball? How am I gonna do this? How am I gonna do that? You you literally nailed you you hit it on the head before. You hit it on the head. If you're good enough, you're gonna get found. You know what I'm saying? Like if you are if you're able to play at a certain program, they're going to find you, right? And just, at least, I can't, I'm not going to speak for you, but on my side, I was going to showcases in the fall. Like, I, the showcases haven't necessarily gotten canceled. You know what I'm saying? No, like, I, 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 went to, I went to showcases. I know Coach Watson's going to showcases. You're coaching, uh, you know, a travel team. It's not like we're really, you're really not in that bad of a spot. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of these yeah. kids, like, they, they feel like it's like, you know, well, now you can almost, I mean, it's not like when, you know, when we were younger, we were, what, 2000, 
ten, right? We were sophomores to two thousand twelve, and these yeah. travel recruiting really started to get is big. When we graduated, so. Right, so that like that whole you know the, our summers of sophomore, junior, senior year really started that travel teams really started to get bigger. And I think now that kids are in such a better spot, right? Like you're a big guy on on, on social media, mm-hmm. right? Where you could do one thing, and and if you go popular somewhere in social media, and you can take off, yeah. and somebody's gonna find you. It's not like when we were young, you know, there was really no Twitter. There's definitely no Instagram when we were. I don't think Instagram. And this isn't that long ago. No, it's really not. It's really not. I don't think Instagram. I don't think Instagram was even invented until 2011, 2012. Yeah. So it's like it, you know, these kids have the ability now to really like showcase themselves. Selves. You can do it yourself you with uh, with videos, with your numbers. There's there's things that you could promote yourself without. You know, with, without really seeing you play now, and yeah. it's a dangerous game because you know you, you there's know stuff exactly that what you're getting. yeah, there's stuff that you don't get to see like your intangible is your makeup, you know your grades. Well, your grades you can put your GPA, but mm-hmm. you know some of that can be fabricated. But um, you know, and, and just hearing people's opinions about you too. But there is a way to at least get your name out there. Uh, um, absolutely. Remember, you know, I, I, where, I checked Jimmy Fitz's Twitter, right? And I see, wow, this kid's got a nice swing. I've seen a couple of hits. Looks like he runs the ball down the airfield. Message him, hey, where do you play? I play for Rutherford Rays. And show up and you get in contact. There's a way to do it now, even with the hard times work, because I think social media just rains. I think it's, I think it's huge. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, Instagram's, Instagram's really big. Going off your social media thing, Instagram's big, Twitter's big. If you want... This would be my one piece of advice. If you want to get exposure for yourself, if you want to push your push, you know, what it is that you're capable of doing, the best pat platform. And I know you're just you're new to it, but the best platform, get on LinkedIn. I tell all my guys oh, yeah, yeah. anybody Starting looking to a little bit more. Anybody looking to get exposure, trying to get, you know, even signed, like it's good for uh, ter- I'm I'm friends with Terry Francona on LinkedIn. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I am. LinkedIn is the most organic and probably the most. Well, it's definitely the most professional uh, social media platform that we have. It's like an adult business Facebook. And it it went from you know kind of putting your resume out there and applying for jobs, where it was more of like a, a career oriented platform to. Give, give employers your, your resume and get different jobs and stuff like that. It's really turned into a content-based platform. You know what I'm saying? Go make a highlight video. Go to the field. Go make your throws. Do whatever it is, get your times, get your 60, get your pop times, get your, your exit. Whatever it may be, get it. Push it on LinkedIn, dude. Yeah. LinkedIn is huge, I'm telling you. Like, I'm friends with hundreds and hundreds of college coaches on LinkedIn. I When I... I push stuff on LinkedIn and you get, you get people that ask about them. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it is, it's by far the best social media platform for, um, professional and college exposure. So I would, I would highly recommend anybody looking to, uh, you know, play at the next level, wherever maybe, you know, your next level might be, uh, college baseball, your next level might be professional baseball, whatever it is. You might be going from high school coaching to college coaching or college coaching to professional coaching. Whatever it may be, push your stuff on LinkedIn because that, that's the most professional, organic platform that you're going to get. I do think when you do – well, now as a coach too, is, and everyone, right? We always say everybody's trying to move up. Everyone's right? trying that's to That's what I always up. try to say. Yep. Right? So there might be that guy, that assistant coach who scours LinkedIn for the next guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, who's this guy? He, I, he's thrown at a park, thrown 85 miles an hour. No, what do you mean you have no offers? 
bring him in here. Next one, this guy's 90, 91, 93, 94, and now he's drafted, and yeah. now look what I did. Everyone's always trying to move up, and that's where the social media is. It's a place where you could really take advantage of if you're yeah. a coach no, or a scout. You know, you could find some guy in the middle of nowhere in a cornfield, like that, throwing a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. That's where the best thing about baseball is—they could find you anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. I completely agree. And the, just the advice I would give to to now with your with your social media and and your putting your numbers up and your hitting and stuff like that. Make sure it's real. Make sure it's real. Find a way to make it real. Say right one more time for the people in the back. Make it real. If you run a 60, have your buddy with the stopwatch on the camera. If you're hitting 90, have the radar gun next to you. Because there's nothing on the face of disappointment when you get on a mound and you say you throw 90 on Twitter and you're hitting 81, 82. 88, 87. There's a big difference. I was driving before. There's a big difference between 92 and 93. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I was driving before. I was in my car and I was like, Danny's coming over. We're going we're gonna to do this podcast. Let me think of some different things to talk about. And this was the exact thing that I thought about, right? How often do you hear these kids? Oh, I sit 86. I sit 87. I sit 88. Oh, that was the number when we played. 86. Every, every pitcher in the Northeast the region throws 86, right? That was the number. So let's put, let, let me kind of, I want to flip it back on you, okay? Because you're a guy who's caught a lot of a lot of pro arms, right? You used Correct. to get paid to go catch, you know, all these guys over at, uh, you know, these facilities you used to go to. You used to catch Vinny Mazzaro. Correct. Who pitched in a major league playoff game for the Pirates. Correct. Eight and three in one season, under three yards. Eight yard. and three. He's a Rutherford guy, home, hometown guy, uh, you know, great dude. And I've never met him personally, but, you know, Danny used to catch him. And the one thing that always stood out for me because I would always ask Dan, you know, he goes and catches, he catches this guy. What's it like catching a big league arm? He makes 95, 96, 94, 95, 96. He makes it look slow. It was, it was, he can put the ball right wherever. Talk about the, the, the fluid, the, like how, talk about the difference between catching that major league eight and three arm that pitched in a, in a, in a playoff game, you know, What's the difference between... So there was times, right, where I would catch Vinny in his... I would say December, January, right before he left for spring training, right, yep. pitchers and catchers. And so we would play catch, and we would set up. So after he was done, he was warmed up. We would set up the two dummies. So here was, like, this was home plate, for example. They would be on the white line each. Mm-hmm. And everything was spot, spot. He didn't hit the guy once. Out of 25, you know, he was a reliever, so he didn't throw many pitches. It was 20, 25 pitches. He didn't hit the guy once. That included fastball, a two-seeming sinking fastball with a changeup, and about, he says, in the, he said in the summer, his slider was about 87, 88. <laughs> and there was probably about 84, 85. Right? Didn't hit the thing once. And the only thing was, I never knew what his max effort was. Because it was that smooth. It was that smooth. And it was, it was just 91, 92, 93. And I've... I've I would get back there, and I wasn't sure if he was ready or not to really throw. But it was just 90, 91, 92, 92. It was unbelievable. Just clean. Just clean. And he would finish every pitch. It was so funny. Every time we finished anything, even live hitters, up and in. Everything was up, even with the dummy, and it would get right under the dummy's chin. He never hit never it once. Hit. Never hit it once. It was amazing because th- that's the thing that stands out to me most was it was just an effortless. He just would get on the mound and knew what he was doing. That it was just boom, 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 boom. And I'm sitting back there like, wow, he, he's not really, it doesn't seem that hard. 91, 
93. At the radar gun, right over my head. Which is harder than anything you're seeing at the time, I, mean, I would imagine. Because it just, it's just such a precision, such a, just such a gift that it was just, it's such an effortless just spot, spot, up and in, slider. Just that, I, I would say, yeah, it, it was a gift, but it was just like a planned, know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. And this is it. And it was unbelievable. It was really fun to catch. And I mean, I've caught other pro guys. But just seeing somebody who's really, you know, had pretty successful big league career, yeah, you know, third-round pick league. out of high school, at Rutherford High School right over here, and just to see, you know, there's a difference between the guy who gets on a mound and throw, tries to throw as hard as he can, where when we get on a mound with two dummies less than three and a half feet apart and didn't hit it once at 92, 93, consistently, yeah. with an 84, 85-mile-hour slider. It's crazy. It was wild. It was it was unbelievable. I mean, it was the easiest catching I've ever had to do. That, well, that's what I was bringing up is that it's like you don't even it, you get some of these guys right. You get the high school guy. You get the JUCO guy. He's throwing however hard. You don't know where it's going. This he's just sitting back, and it's the easiest time you'll ever have. Behind easiest. The it was the quickest twenty pitch bullpen because <laughs> I boom 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 throw it back. That's it. That was it, and it was the same delivery. Everything was the same the entire time. Just the ability to repeat and know where... Maybe if you missed a, a, a hair in, it was just corrected. And it was great. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. One time, we were playing. I was catching him. I don't remember who was hitting. It was a kid from the Diamondbacks. And he from was... Around a, us? From around here? I don't know. I think maybe he went to Rutgers. Okay. He was like a Rutgers... Uh, I guess he got drafted by a Diamondbacks. I don't remember who it was, but Vinny was on the mound. And so we, he threw a... Uh, we set up inside, backdoor slider to a righty. And the ball started about chest high in the le- in the righty's batter's box <laughs> and ended at his back foot. And he swung and I missed it. And we both looked at each other like, eyes wide, like, what was that? It's like an 89-mile-hour slider that started about, I would say, probably at the letters of a jersey and ended at his back foot. It was crazy. He, he didn't come close and I sure didn't come close either. I had to go pick it up two feet away. It was crazy. We just both stopped, looked at each other, and he just laughed on the mound. To him, it was nothing. That's a, it's, and that's what... It's incredible. That's, that's That's a... You know, I'm not sure who the kid was. I'm sure he was a very successful baseball player. To a major leaguer who was 8-3 and three at the highest level. And it's crazy. It, there's such a gap. But it was, it was a fun time. It was good. And then it I even, even threw a batting practice once. He could even hit. <laughs> he, could, he could swing it. Yeah. And it was fun. not to discredit this at all, right? Not to discredit, but you're talking about... You're, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. You're talking about Vimazara, right? You're talking Correct. about Vimazara, 8-3. That was his best year. You know, he's up and down between. But, like, you know, Danny says he called him. It's the easiest catching, catching session he's ever had. What's Garrett Cole like? Yeah. It, it, it puts into perspective how good. How good they are. And how hard it is to be that good at this game. It's, it's, and, you know, obviously Garrett Cole makes $300 million. So he's very good at what yeah. he does. But just the difference to, you know, Vin Mazzaro to Garrett Cole is it shows that exactly. how good he really is. Exactly. And to me, I mean, to me, it was, it was crazy. I was catching a major leaguer, you know, throwing it back. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. This guy's just spotting up everything. And then, you know, who had a good career, a great career. And then you go watch a guy like Garrett Cole who's on a Hall of Fame track and it makes you realize how really, you know, good those guys really are. So basically, what we're saying is, if you're throwing, if you say you throw eighty six, it's probably eighty one, eighty two. Like, just be, be real, honest. be true, be, be, true. be true to what it is. Own it, own up to it, right? Trevor Bauer was just on this podcast I was listening to, right? This is a guy who 
he threw 75 in high school, 75 in high school, and then knew, like, had the awareness, had the, 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 the mental fortitude to understand, hey, listen, 75 isn't going to cut it at the college level, never mind Division One professional level. So what he's do? He goes and he, he, he starts training and he works and he works at it every single day and he long tosses and he does all the things that are going to set him up for success. And now he's throwing 94, 95, 96, and he just won a Cy Young. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's going to get a $100 million contract. <coughs> he, exactly. He's going to get, hopefully he comes to New York. Probably not, because I think him and, him and Cole uh, have some issues. But, uh, you know, it, it comes down to just be honest with yourself. Like, just come to grips with the fact that maybe you're not that good. There's no saying you can't get better. There's no saying that you can't, like, like we say all the time. Everyone's trying to move up. Everyone's trying to get better. Everyone's trying to climb that ladder, right? There's no saying that you can't do that. But you can't do that if you're saying that you're at a certain level that you're clearly not. You know what I'm saying? Because then it, it it's defeating the purpose of working through the ranks there. You know what well, I'm saying? Well, that's really, you know, you, have, you go to a team and you say you throw 85 and you don't. People take notice of that. You're, you're a liar. You're untrustworthy. Exactly. There's somebody people don't want to be around. Right, where if there's the guy who knows he throws eighty two and he's successful, nobody cares. Exactly. Right? Nobody cares. If he's successful doing what he does and he knows he's good at it, his teammates don't care. Yeah. Where if the kid who tries to throw it says he throws eighty five and he does, then he's not in the weight room, he's not lifting, not doing anything to get better. It's somebody people don't want to be around. Exactly. And that's where we say, you know, the social media is, is be honest because there's nothing worse than being lot you're lying, first you're lying to yourself. Right, you're you're just discrediting everything that you're doing. Yep. Right, you're and then second, a coach isn't going to see that, and then your friends, your teammates don't want to be around somebody who lies about it. Yep. We've heard it a million times. How many times you hear? I would I would have got drafted. No, you wouldn't have. Because guess what? If you were at LSU, if you're not at LSU, because LSU didn't call. Exactly. Exactly. Like you know what I mean? Like there's these people where your teammates they want to win. They're not there for fun. Yeah. You know, that's where you got to be true to yourself. And there's always – teams are taking a chance. And the teams are interested if even – however hard you throw, 81-82. Because if there's something there, the goal is to get you better. Exactly. You're not going to go to a place that you throw it to. That's it. We're not, not going to touch this guy. You know what I mean? There's yeah. going to find – they're bringing you on for a reason. 100%. There's something that they see that could work. Whether, you know, maybe you don't throw hard. You drop down. Or you have a good breaking ball. Or you're good at something. Mm-hmm. Either you're not there for no reason. Somebody took notice of something that you did. Yeah. There, there's a difference between being confident and being and just lying. Yeah. Just oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, it, listen, I don't – the pop times is brutal, right? The, the pop time. Well, it's – Everyone throws a 184. Everyone yeah, throws yeah. one. Everyone throws 80, 86. Everyone throws a 184. There's, there's literally – I think, the, I think the, the number on it, I think there's 30 major league catchers that throw under – like a one nine five, okay. So stop. And that's in game, and that's in game. All right. So just enough with the, the like. You all you're doing is hurting yourself. All yeah. you're doing is hurting you, yourself. You don't you're, throw a one seven three. That's like catching the ball barehanded and throwing it exactly. Base. It's like, like you're you're just putting yourself in a bad situation because, like Danny said, you know you're you're lying about your numbers. One, you know you're lying. Two, your teammates know you're lying. Three, any school that for some reason believes you is soon going to realize that you're lying. Because these guys aren't idiots, you know what I'm saying? Like everyone knows, it, you have an idea. You have an idea when you you. Personally, I probably don't know outside of just watching, 
professional baseball on TV, I don't know what a one eight five or a one fast one eight nine looks like. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't even know what that looks. I've never. I don't know if I've ever even seen it in person. So, if I've been playing for twenty years now, twenty years, take, yeah. and I've never seen you know one eight five, don't tell me you throw one eight five because you're probably lying. That's what it comes down to. And you got to think, those guys are throwing one nine fives against the best runners in the world. <laughs> yeah, the exactly. best base runners the in the world. The best base runners, the best, you know. Especially now in the biggest. Guys don't steal bases unless they know they're going. Exactly. Unless they know they're going to be unless safe. Unless they're going to get it, exactly. So, your pop time and your velocity is important. But that's what we said. Just be true. Have a radar gun there. I, I respect the guy more you see online who has, you know, the radar gun right up on his neck when yeah. he pitches. 85. It's great. That's fine. You can work with that. You could you can make that better. You there's there's especially now like with the, the you know you have oh, the, the information. The information there's no limit how there's good you no can limit. be. And and if you just go and you just work at it, man, you could do this research and you could figure out, you know, how, like I said I said in one of the other episodes, you know, a lot of people give driveline a hard time. Driveline is producing big league arms just because it they're a and it works, you know what I'm saying? Like they know they've they're hitters. Let's take a back seat to that. But their their arms, right? These these guys, like they they know what they they know what they're doing. They they figured it out, you know, and they've created this program that helps you throw harder. Do it supervised, like I said. I, I've heard myself doing it, and I know of other people that have hurt themselves doing it without proper supervision. But man, like that's a, an incredible tool. Invest the money. Go work a camp for the weekend. Make the money. Go buy the the driveline program. Make it happen. Well, that's where I think too. Where driveline, what people don't realize when it comes to driveline is you know a major organization may draft a kid from so-and-so's college who may have spent that winter at driveline baseball yeah so he's a product of driveline baseball just because he might not do his pro career there you know while he's working out doesn't mean that he wasn't under the driveline you know program at his school or individually took it upon himself to go there and work out and dude that stuff works and and the people who discredit it are just i don't I don't see – what you see is, is you just see, no, it doesn't work. You don't see the any background stats, knowledge, information that shows you it doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to say? An arm injury? People have had arm injuries for 150 years. Yeah, exactly. Right? But they can provide – what they do great is they provide information that's successful. I mean, cool. Bauer won a Cy Young. Bieber went and won a Cy Young. Bieber's a drop like that? I you know? well, I know he was with Bauer and, and oh, Clevenger yeah. over at yeah, – when he was with the Indians right? at the Clevenger. same time. There was like his mentors. So you know that those guys talk. I think even Sonny Gray. Yeah. Look at Sonny well, Gray with okay. the Yanks, right? He wasn't, he wasn't anything to die for, was he? Well, yeah, but New York's a different... I mean, that I think also played a personality. A different animal, but... Drive line, I mean, but Sonny you Gray see ultimately the became a An different, different guy when he started working with Bauer over at... Uh, where, where, uh, was Cincinnati. Cincinnati, right? I mean, it's, I know it's, Bauer's in Cincinnati. I didn't know if, I didn't know if Sonny yeah, Gray Sonny played Gray with, in, with the... Uh, at least for a year and then maybe a half year. Yeah, yeah, it was something like that, I know. But yeah, man, I mean, listen, this just, stuff works. Use your resources, like, use this stuff, man. It's all it's all for the taking. It's all, you know, try to do your own research and don't just trust anybody. But, you know, it's like, yeah, figure it, it out. You know what I'm saying? Look into it. Yeah, find something that works for you. I think I'm a believer that, you know, what works for you might not work for me. Yeah. What works for me might not work for you. So find something... In that range that you think could benefit you. Yeah, I mean, we could talk forever about this stuff. We'll have to. Yeah, we'll it's have an to ongoing topic. We'll do another episode on you know the the tech and all the stuff that's going on in baseball now. But uh, bro, we're about we're almost an hour in. Really? Forty seven minutes in. Wow, that was uh, that long. It didn't seem that long. That was that was some good stuff. So 
we're gonna wrap it up there. Um, I think we got. We, I mean, we've covered just about all of recruiting, right? Yeah. If you're not getting recruited, get better. <laughs> at the end, that's LSU what it comes didn't down. call. Tell us you didn't out. call. They're not calling because you're not good enough. That's it. Just get better. You know, if if you're good enough, they'll find you. Be um, where your feet are. Market yourself. Use social media to your advantage. Um, stop making stop making excuses for Corona. Uh, it it works to some guys' benefit. It works maybe against others, but make the best of your situation and and ultimately listen. At the end of the day, this is your college career. This is your high school career. This is this is you know this may be the last day you play. Right, and I, I told this. I told before I accepted the Bloomfield job, I was over at Bergen, and we had uh, some inter squads. And I told the guys, I brought it up. It was a, it, the first uh, inter squad of the year. And I said, if last year, and Jack Winter said this too, uh, head coach for a team different breed this summer. <clears throat> if last year didn't give you an indication that this could all be taken from you in a moment's notice, then then I don't know what to tell you. I get to any I moment you that. can go, you can you can have a career-ending injury. God forbid. You can have a, a global pandemic that cancels your, your career. You know what I'm saying? So don't take anything for granted. And, and if you want it bad enough, you'll make it happen. That's I, what it comes down to. I can attest to that. My last year at Felician, I, was just, I grounded mm-hmm. at the third. Went to see the team trader. Never stepped foot on again. Five that's years it. later. That's how it goes. That's so, it. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, thanks again, Danny B, for... Uh, <clears throat> for... Uh, Coming on, this won't be the last time. No, that no, was fun. Thank you. For this was me. a lot of. This was the most natural thing I think we've done, and this was a. This was a. Ah, I think it's great. Was, I can't really great. Yeah, man. So uh, if you're if you're a hitting coach, please <clears throat> go check out the one with John. I went and saw it. I went right when he sent to me. I went and listened. It's great stuff. It's great. If you're an aspiring hitting coach, current hitting coach, or hitting coach at any level, please go check it out. Those guys know what they're talking about. Both work with professional baseball players. How to build that relationship? Go check it out. It's good stuff. Appreciate that, brother. Um. Yeah, uh, podcast is going to be up. Go follow on Instagram, Different Breed Training. Link will be in the bio for the for the uh, podcast. Until I break down the videos, like I said, if you're not into the podcast, I'm going to go, I'm going to break these. I'm filming. We have a, uh, you know, putting some face to the sound. Going to break down the video and uh, post it on YouTube. So if you're not a podcast guy, go check it out on YouTube, Different Breed Training, and, and uh, you know, we'll kind of... Just try to cover some of the, the big topics on, you know, from this little sesh we had here. So I guess until next time, <clears throat> thanks again. Peace. That was legit. That was fun. Ah, it's so much fun.